0: Welcome to the First Church Podcast, a resource of First Church of God in Columbia City, Indiana. Our goal is to provide you with tools that you can use to help you in your new or growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Hi, I'm Jordan Chappell. I'm the middle school pastor here at First Church of God. Welcome to the podcast podcast. Today we continue in our Timeless series talking about the book of Nehemiah as we spend uh, one week in every book of the Bible. Uh, A couple weeks ago we were on uh, Ezra and I think I mentioned then these books would have originally in the the Jewish scriptures would have originally been one book of the Bible. And um, and it's because they're moving through the same story. We see Ezra mentioned in Nehemiah, like the people of Israel are coming back from this exile and trying to make sense of what God is doing in their midst in the process of reintroducing themselves to the covenant, which we're going to talk about today. And so uh, it's important to remember that they're together. Uh, but it's something that's been really good for me to remember is that these books play a, a, an important role role in the overarching narrative. This isn't This isn't stories that happened uh, to an isolated people at an isolated time. While that is true, and and these are stories about um, things that happened to a people, it also plays into what God is doing on a grander scale through the people of Israel. This isn't just a story about how Nehemiah went about rebuilding the city walls. This is a story about how how they went about reinstituting the covenant that we're going to see today. And it's a covenant that God made, with their ancestor Abraham. It's a covenant that he sustained. And so it's important to not just look at it for what it is, but zoom out, which I think uh, this Timeless series has helped us do, and see how God has worked in the past, how he's working here, which points to how he's going to work in the future. And so Nehemiah uh, is this leader who is grieved by the fact that the, the city walls and, and the the fortitude of that have been destroyed. And Nehemiah goes to the king and he says, I want to rebuild the city walls. And the king grants him his wish. He sends him helpers. He sends all this stuff so he can go and accomplish this thing that he feels called to do. And, and so they're in the process of rebuilding the city walls. And I, I did, while doing some research for this, I did find it a little bit interesting that like they're moving towards a, a new kingdom that God has promised and a new kingdom he's trying to institute. And, and they're building walls up around it, which seems ultimately counter to. To uh, to what God is trying to do and reconcile all things to Himself, because if we jump forward to the uh, to the new heaven and the new earth, there's going to be gates that are like always open and people are welcome and they're, they're welcoming the foreigners in because like everything is restored to what it should have been. And so I find it really interesting that Nehemiah again it makes some some military sense and they're coming out of exile, they want to be protected, but I, I think what it points to is this idea of not remembering the covenant, which we do see because in the book of Nehemiah, they read the book of the law and they confess their sins. And in chapter nine, we get this sense that like, they're so grieved at how they haven't fulfilled the covenant. And we know they haven't fulfilled the covenant because that's ultimately what led to their exile. And so they are just mourning in chapter nine after they confess their sin. And they're like, we royally messed up we have dropped the ball. We haven't fulfilled our end of the covenant. And God promised us for a really long time that if we didn't fulfill our end of the covenant, we were going to uh, face some consequences. And we're coming back from facing those consequences. And, and so they're mourning the process of covenantial failure. They're, they're saying, man, we are broken at this idea that we have let the God of the universe down. And here's what they say in chapter 9, verse 32. It says, Now, therefore, our God, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love. Comparing it to themselves, they say, that that our God is great, he's mighty, he's awesome, he's all of these things, and he keeps his covenant, and he has steadfast love. He never stopped loving us, even though we we didn't uphold our end of the covenant. Let not all the hardships seem little to you, That has come upon us, upon our kings, our princes, our priests, our prophets, our fathers, and all your people since the time of the kings of Assyria until this day. They know that that it's not too small and they don't want to forget what has happened to them. And, And then it goes on to say in verse 33, Yet you have been righteous in all that has come upon us. So they're, they're recognizing that like, this isn't God being wrong and like, he just lashes out in anger. They're recognizing that, Hey, we, we dropped, uh, our end uh, of the covenant. We messed up. We, we messed up bad. And that's what led to our exile. And so we're not even, the people of Israel weren't even putting the blame on God. They're like, we recognize that you have been righteous in this, in all of this time for you have dealt faithfully and we have acted wicked. And so they're going through this process of, of saying, okay, n- now is the time to do it. Uh, we didn't do it. We saw our ancestors drop the ball. We saw people before them drop the ball. Like since a covenant has been made, people have not been holding up their end of the covenant, which can be honestly a little bit uh, demoralizing for humanity because it goes to show that like we're never going to be able to do this. And I think God was in the process of doing this saying, guys, I love you, but because of sin, you're never going to be able to uphold it at your end of the covenant. And the people of Israel, as they're confessing all these things, they're realizing this. they like, God, you're righteous and we're not. Like we've acted, we've acted wickedly and you've acted righteously. And so they're going through this process of, of mourning and this process of trying to figure out what that means to follow God inside of this. And, and I think it points us to the story of us all. Like, we, we want to follow God. We want to do the right things. We want to live lives that are pleasing to God. But ultimately, without something intervening on our behalf, we can't. We make all these promises. We, we, we make these covenants. We say, God, I want to live under your authority. But without something else, a, a gift from God in the Holy Spirit working in our lives, we are unable to follow God as we wish. We try, we try, we try, we but we'll never be able to do it. And I think that is is so poignant for us to remember because that points to our need for a Savior. That we want to follow God. We want to live lives that are in accordance with the ways that he's kind of instituted and in the framework he made for creation. But we can't. We can't, and I think that's what the people of Nehemiah are starting to realize here. Like, we have dropped the ball. Our ancestors, are, ancestors have dropped the ball, um, and, and we need help. We need help, and God has been promising a Messiah this entire time, and that Messiah's name is Jesus. And so that points to our need for Jesus that we want to live lives that are pleasing to God, but we can't because of the sin nature in our lives. But when Jesus came, he came to say, you're never going to be able to fulfill your end of the covenant, but I'm here to do it for you. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And so even though you have sinned in your life, and that sin is causing you to not be able to, to follow God in the way that he's asking you to do. I am coming to give you new life, both eternal life forever and ever with God and an abundant life here and now. And so we don't need to worry about our ability to uphold our end of the covenant anymore because we know that the the work of Jesus on the cross uh, did, did exactly what we needed it to do and that the covenant was upheld for us in the new covenant that Jesus made. Like we we get to trust in the finished work of Jesus for for the forgiveness of sins. And so that is what we can rest in that time and time again. We mess up. We do. But that God through Jesus reconciled, restored, redeemed all that was broken to himself so that we can know God and know, again, the eternal life with God forever and ever an abundant life with God here and now.